Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga. 960 AM or its management. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee on Saga 960. Welcome back to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. Remember, This Week in Golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canop Group of Golf Courses. Want to play golf for free? Juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at Lionhead and all the Canop Group of Golf Courses every day after 4 p.m. Go to canopgolf.com for more info. So, great week of golf we just had. We had the LIV Golf Invitational at Bedminster at Trump National down in New Jersey. It was an interesting watch. I spent a good chunk of my weekend watching LIV locally on CHCH in Hamilton, which aired the entire broadcast all day Saturday and Sunday. We also had the Rocket Mortgage Classic down in beautiful Detroit, Michigan on what is now the junior circuit of golf, the PGA Tour, with Tony Finau winning in back-to-back weeks. So congrats to Tony. He's playing some lights-out golf. I mean, you want to talk about one guy who's been a huge benefactor of a lot of the exodus to LIV, it's Tony Finau. That's a guy that, you know, maybe was in that 1B tier right behind the 1A class, you know, behind the DJs and, you know, some of the other bigger names that have gone and the Patrick Reeds and DeChambos. And now with them leaving, Tony's been elevated to basically an A-class player on the PGA Tour. And you can see the results over the past couple of weeks. He's, uh, he's playing some great golf and he's also a really good dude. I love Tony Finau. But Finau edged out Canadian Taylor Pendrith, who held the lead for a good portion of the weekend, but just like every other Canadian on the PGA Tour over the past four years, he simply couldn't close it out on Sunday. I was going to say second place was a great finish for a young Canadian, quote-unquote, but I looked it up and Pendrith is actually 31 years old, so not necessarily a kid, but uh, still very young on the PGA Tour. And so, I mean, he played some really good golf. I wouldn't say didn't fall apart on Sunday, but he certainly couldn't close it out and... uh We'll dive into that coming up in the second or third segment. I also want to send my congrats to my second winner of the free twosome at Lionhead Golf Club this past week, Dan Joseph from Markham, Ontario. He messaged me and uh, he won the free twosome at Lionhead. Dan says he listens to Saga 960 while at work and is now the winner of our second free twosome to Lionhead, valued at 500 bucks each. You also get a free golf cart, so uh, congrats to Dan. We also had Daryl Powers from Scarborough last week winning the first twosome. 
So I had a really fun weekend, just really enjoying this summer. It's been a blast, obviously, what's been going on over the past two years. There wasn't much enjoyment going on, so it's nice to kind of get back and, and enjoy reality. So this Thursday night, I went down to one of my favorite pubs in Toronto, which is the Stone Lion down on Queen Street East in the beaches. Used to be called the Lion on the Beach for years, and I had a few pops. And there's a brand new nightclub that just opened uh, a few blocks away from the Stone Lion. It's called History Nightclub. Now, they say Drake owns it, but he doesn't. Basically, what it is, Live Nation bought the building in, like, 2016-17, and for whatever reason, the project stumbled, and all of a sudden, they brought Drake in as a partner, as, like, the name partner, and they opened it within the past year, and, oh, it's Drake's nightclub. Well, it's Live Nation, the major concert promoter that owns it, and Drake has just slapped his name on it, but... um. Yeah, they. Uh, this is where the old Greenwood racetrack used to be on Queen, just west of Woodbine, at the Kingston Road split. And Thursday night was the opening night of Drake's infamous OVO Festival. It happens all throughout the weekend. Uh, I tried to get tickets online, but they sold out in minutes. So I decided to pull one of my favorite moves of all time. And I just literally walked in the venue past all security. So, you know, I have talked about this in the past on the show. I've been a concert promoter for over 20 years. I've produced concerts and festivals in every single city in this country and just about every major city in North America, as well as the Caribbean and over in the UK. And so I'm used to kind of just walking in venues kind of, and a lot of the time I don't pay no attention. It's my job. I'm going to work. And so you just kind of walk right in. So what I did was I went to a basketball tournament last week, the Global Jam. They gave me a media pass. I literally just slapped my media pass around my neck, walked past a huge lineup, past security, right into the building. And as soon as I walked into Drake's OVO festival, Drake was on stage. So you're like, boom, right? Home run. But um, it was it was so much fun. I uh, it was all the Canadian hip hop legends was the Thursday night. Other night was I think Friday night was Chris Brown and then Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj were also on. But I went to the the one was Drake playing. They had Maestro, Fresh West, uh, Chaos, Julie Black, Nelly Furtado, In Essence, Rascal, Shockler, all the hip hop legends, um, you know, from from here in Canada, were were playing there. It was just a great night of music. It was fun. Also, you know, I connected with a bunch of different managers and artists. I sat and had a couple minutes chat with my guy Maestro. I was his agent for many years. My guy Rochester, another guy, was his agent. My buddy Mike Homewood, who is the owner of Kitabala, which is the big club up in Muskoka. Mike also owns, I don't know, five or six other bars throughout Toronto and Hamilton as well. And we produced uh, Ghostface Killer of the Wu-Tang Clan together up at the Key a couple years ago. And it was nice of him to sort of tug me on my shirt and say hello. Mike's a huge at first I thought it was security giving me crap because of my um me wearing the media pass because Mike used to play in this he was an offensive lineman in the CFL. I believe he played for the Thai Cats. I remember him and I chatting. He went to training camp with the Washington Redskins, didn't make the team, played in the arena league and CFL. He's a big dude. Um, and then he was like, no, it's Mike from the key to ballot. I was like, oh. so my heart sank for a second when some dude is like 300 pounds. I thought he was security, but, uh, yeah, no, but it was cool. I had so much fun just connecting so many hugs to be had and it was a great weekend, but I did have a weird experience. There's a guy that's been following me on social media for some of my uh, other political documentaries and stuff I've been doing, messaged me all throughout the pandemic, and I saw him posting stories. Uh, he was in the same venue, so I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, you're in the same room. Like, want to come say hello? I've never met the guy, but we've messaged nonstop for two years about some of the stuff that's been going on in the world, and no response. So he's also got a major sort of business account. I also messaged on there because he was posting videos on there. Hey, man, wanted to come connect and say hello. No response. But then he keeps posting videos. 
And so I'm like, you know, now you get to the point, okay, this guy's avoiding me. It's like, one, why did you follow me on social media? Two, if you're in the same room as someone that you follow on social media, you can't say hello. There is zero need for them to be on your social media. So I removed him from my socials and, you know, he hit me up a day or two later, I guess annoyed. I'm like, dude, I'm in the same room as you. You can't say hello. So there's some weird people out like that out there in the world. And yeah, social media isn't real world. The real world is the real world. It's time we get back to it after everything that's gone over the past couple of years and uh, start being normal again. Say hello to someone. I was going to buy the dude a drink, but anyways, alas, uh, I don't know him anymore. But normally every week on This Week in Golf, I start off the show by going through everything that happened on the PGA Tour this weekend, but I'll admit to being a convert to LIV Golf, and I find it 100 times more interesting than what we've been seeing on the PGA Tour over the past couple of weeks. So we'll start with what happened down at Trump National. Hendrick Stenson just joined LIV last week and instantly makes an impact by winning at Trump National at Bedminster. These were his comments after picking up a check for $4.357 million. Yeah, you heard that right. Almost $4.5 bucks for winning on LIV this past week. Congratulations. I can't imagine another golfer who's been under more pressure than you the last two weeks. To do what you've done this week, this is a moment to savor. Thank you. Yeah, I guess we can uh, we can agree. Uh, I played like a captain, <laughs> but you're not a captain this week. All no, right, Lee is. Well, not that you needed it, but it does validate your decision to come and play live golf. Yeah, it's been a good first week. Obviously, uh, nice to be here with the guys and getting a feel for it. And like I said, it's uh, it's been a busy ten days, and uh, extremely proud that I managed to focus as well as I did. It was a little wobbly coming home here. We haven't. You know, finished the deal in a couple of years with uh, with any wins, so uh, it's always a little added pressure when you're up in contention. But I, uh, I did well, and that part on 17 was massive to to keep uh, keep the cushion coming up the loss. So how great is that for Stenson? You have to think that's going to eliminate any doubt he had in his mind about going to play golf at LIV. You know. Four and a half million bucks will kind of do that to you. I mean, although Hendrick is 46 years old, and according to most of what I've heard and read about the PGA Tour, he was one of the most well-liked guys on tour. And so it's just cool to see that his decision was validated almost immediately. I heard them say during the broadcast of LIV that I think his best year on the DP Tour, he made just over five million bucks, and his best year on the PGA Tour, he made over six million bucks, and in one day, He's come close to topping that, and probably, you know, by the next LIV event, he will have done that in two events. Earlier this week, Stenson was asked about losing his captaincy for the Ryder Cup because of his decision to join LIV. These were his comments. I don't feel like I've, I've given it up. I've, uh, I've made every, every arrangement possible here to, to be able to fulfill my, my captain's duties. Um, and I've had great help here from, from Liv to, to be able to do that. And uh, still the decision was made that I was to be removed. And uh, I'm obviously disappointed over the situation. Um, but it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, we, we move on from there now. I think once the, all the dust settles, that stuff's going to go away. All the Ryder Cup stuff will come back. Once everyone is over on LIV or you know, the majority of guys are over there. All that nonsense about Ryder Cup and that they're also going to have to figure out how the official world golf rankings work and, you know, make sure these guys are still getting their points because it just can't all be the PGA Tour. 
But now the guy who was the first to jump on the grenade and make the jump to LIV was Phil Mickelson. And I saw a graphic this weekend that Golf Digest posted on their Instagram about the Forbes list of the highest paid golfers in 2022. Now, keep in mind, 2022 isn't nowhere near done. And Phil Mickelson is number one on the list, and he's already earned $138 million U.S. So the highest paid golfer, and that's one of the highest paid athletes in the world this year. But as far as golf goes, Phil scooped 138 mil. Number two on the list, Dustin Johnson at 97 million U.S. So his performance this past weekend, he's probably at the 100 million mark for the year as well. Number three, Bryson DeChambeau at 86 million. Number four is Brooks Kepka at 69 million. Keep in mind, Kepka's hardly played, hasn't done a damn thing. I did see he went on his honeymoon with his fiance over the past week. I'll get into that in one of the later segments. But uh, yeah, this guy's barely played any golf. And he scooped 69 million so far. And we're still in, well, this will be August by the time you're listening to this, right? So still a couple months left in the year. Number five on the list of highest paid golfers in the world this year, some guy named Tiger Woods at 68 million. Now, Tiger also was barely played as well. Once he played, what, three tournaments? Obviously, that's all his endorsement money and sponsorship money and all that kind of stuff. But Tiger now number five. So you can see the influence of this LIV thing happening. And um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So great story. It's just a story that keeps on giving. So on the opening tee this past weekend at Trump National in New Jersey, Phil Mickelson was about to tee it up and he gets heckled by someone in the stands. Have a listen to this audio. Now I've gone into this in previous detail on previous shows. You can go listen to past episodes of This Week in Golf on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes radios, all of that. It's not just on the radio. But this whole narrative about the Saudi royal family, is it's just getting ridiculous. So I want you to have a listen to this short segment of audio from NBC News just two weeks ago discussing what American President Joe Biden was up to just two short weeks ago. Oh, how quickly they forget. Yeah, it was a very highly anticipated greeting, Carl, when MBS, uh, the crown prince, greeted President Biden with a fist bump as the two walked into the presidential palace where President Biden will be meeting with Saudi Arabia's King Salman, who is the elder leader and he's the de facto ruling leader of the royal family there in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, look, it's so tired pointing this out to anyone who's actually read a history book or a newspaper in the past 20 years, or perhaps even a newscast, which obviously many of them are very skewed, the information they're providing you, but it's all very well documented, the American business relationship with the Saudi government and the Saudi royal family. Every business in America, including the president, is in bed with the Saudi family, and all of a sudden the American sports media and the public decided to hate on some guys wearing a Titleist hat or a tailor-made golf hat for doing the same. Anyways, following his round on Friday, Phil was asked about the heckler, and this is what he had to say. Phil, was it disappointing to get heckled on the first hole so you had to step away from your ball? Uh, no, I had I, I had a really good day. Uh, the people here have always been great. They really treated me well, and I, I had a really good day uh, with the fans and with Henrik playing well. Um, there, was a, there was a lot of uh, good things going on. I'm just a little frustrated with my game, to be honest. I just... Um, it doesn't feel that far off. I don't feel lost. I'm just not scoring. And to uh, three-putt the last two holes with makeable birdies, and I'm just um, frustrated because um, 
I, I expect more of myself. So I'm going to work on it until I get it fixed. Looks like Phil did a pretty good job of deflecting, and he was even asked the follow-up question about it. These were his additional comments. Just coming back to that, was it a little strange to see that? Because you are pretty beloved in this area, and, and you did get a lot of a lot of support out there otherwise. Um, like I said, I think the, I've always enjoyed uh, playing in this area, and um, we had a great day thereafter. So it was, um, I, I thought it was a good day all around. So uh, not... Uh, I didn't really think much of it. And then just the state of your game, it's, it, it, you know, it has been a <laughs> yeah. struggle uh, the past couple of months. Yeah, it really has been. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just stupid stuff. Like, um, I'm in a great spot on my, the 15th hole par five to make birdie and I make bogey. And it's just uh, just stupid stuff I've been doing. So it's, it's frustrating because I don't feel lost. I don't feel like I'm hitting terrible shots, but I'm just not scoring. Now, the irony is, first of all, to the guy who did the heckling, you just paid money to get into an LIV event, thus continuing to fund Saudi interest, which is hypocritical in itself. Like, hey, Saudis, take my money, but also let me heckle the guys that you're going to give it to. It makes no sense. Now, it would make sense if someone did this to fill at the U.S. Open or, you know, whatever, the British Open, the Open, whatever you want to call it, but not at an LIV event. You paid money to get in, and this is what you're saying, but ridiculous but anyways someone who actually said no to the liv money this week was charles barkley announcing he won't be joining liv as a broadcaster he released a statement these were chuck's comments i want to thank greg norman and liv for their interest in me i wish those guys great success and nothing but the best but in my best interest and being fair to turner because turner and basketball have given me every single thing i have in my life it is best for me to move on and i'm staying with turner for the rest of my tv career now no real shocker there uh, that you know chuck didn't end up joining liv it would have been fun if he did but I'm not terribly shocked about it. Um, it would have been cool. I think he was maybe testing out the water just to see what the backlash was going to be. And obviously he got some sort of backlash. But look, Charles has been great on TNT. He's such a national treasure. And um, I think it probably is in his best interest to stay. He did play the LIV Pro-Am. So it looks like he's looking to build some sort of relationship with LIV. But um yeah, not going to get too into it further than that. But uh, one broadcaster that did join LIV this past week was David Faraday. I also enjoyed listening to him throughout the broadcast this past week. And then he spoke on Friday about his decision to come to LIV and what he likes about it so far. Well, I've been watching and I've got to tell you that I was skeptical at first uh, about the shotgun start. I thought, oh, how can you have a professional event you know, with a shotgun start? But what it's done is it's put these players together in situations that they're not used to. They're all together in the locker room. They're all together on the range. They're all together on the golf course and they finish at the same time. Uh, and there's an atmosphere unlike any other golf tournament I've been at. Um, uh, sort of a brotherhood out here where the families are together as well. I've never seen so many wives and children out. It's, it's a party and a golf tournament broke out uh, and I'm delighted to be here. So it's cool to see LIV not only growing their player list, but their broadcast list, which is one area I think they do need to improve. But um, yeah. So remember to follow me on Twitter at Mr. McKee. Subscribe to This Week in Golf on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes Radio. We're going to take a little quick break here and come back and talk some more LIV. I've got some comments from Bubba Watson, who just joined. We've got Dustin Johnson's remarks, Patrick Reed, a couple others. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk more LIV as well as diving into everything that happened on the PGA Tour. 
were a fan. This Week in Golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canuck Group of Golf Courses. Want to play golf for free? Juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at Lionhead and all the Canuck Group of Golf Courses every day after 4 p.m. Go to canuckgolf.com for more info. I'm Chris McKee. You're listening to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee on Saga960. Make up my mind for cycle down in our life. I'm a fine right lady. Girl, you know when I'm with you. Rain or shine, cast the blue. Got the room to save you. And it's just to breathe you. Welcome back to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Remember, This Week in Golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canop Group of Golf Courses. Want to play golf for free? Juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at Lionhead and all the Canop Group of Golf Courses every day after 4 p.m. Go to canfgolf.com for more info. Also, remember, drop me a follow on Twitter at Mr. McKee. My Instagram is pretty much the same at Mr. McKee CM. Don't forget to subscribe to This Week in Golf on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Remember, give away two free twosomes to play at Lionhead over the past couple weeks. Congrats to Dan Joseph and Daryl Powers. They're going to be heading up to Lionhead to play some free golf. Another big-time name announced this week that he, too, is leaving the PGA Tour for LIV in Bubba Watson. Bubba's a two-time Masters champion and also very beloved by fans and fellow players on the PGA Tour. Bubba just had some knee surgery, and here he explains what the injury is and when he's expected to be back out on the golf course. Uh, it was meniscus repair. Meniscus um, preservation surgery is what it's called. We saved 75% of it, um, so I should be 100% in the next couple months. Um I'm good now. It's just now getting the leg to loosen up so I can hit the shots, you know, full bore. i got to be able to outdrive Brooks Kepka and, and DeChambeau there. <laughs> well, Bubba, my wife, uh, the love of my life, has just had her left knee done, and uh, she's kicking my ass with it already. Uh, how long do you think it's going to take you to get back? Um, you know, I, I want to be 100%. I wrote a book about my mental things, but um, I, I want to be 100%. I want to I wanna be able to get full action on the, on the leg. So it's up to me. The doctors are giving me the, the, the go. It's up to me to make that push. Um, so I'm looking at middle of October as well. I'll really start. So Bubba's going to be back playing golf in October. And don't expect him to kind of do anything significant right out the gate. My son had meniscus surgery a couple years ago. And it takes a while just to kind of get that bend back in the knee. And, I mean, it's not as bad as the ACL. But I really believe it's still you're probably close to a year before you're back to 100%. So don't expect too much out of Bubba in the first couple months on LIV until he can get his health and uh, his leg back in order. Another of the big names to leave the PGA Tour for LIV this past week was Charles Howell III. The 43-year-old Howell is regarded as one of the most consistent players in the history of the PGA Tour with over 90 career top 10 finishes, including three wins. Howell spoke about what he likes so far about LIV after his first event in New Jersey this past weekend. All the feedback I had got from multiple players, managers, etc., was just this. It was fun. 
Um, the music playing, I really like that. Um, I played a lot of professional events, never played with that. And uh, it was actually really fun. Um, so it was relaxed, but yeah, you know, the golf course is challenging and tough. I mean, it's not exactly relaxing for us standing up here, but uh, no, I, it was, listen, it was wonderful. I mean, once, uh, once we started, it was a golf tournament again on, uh, on a hard golf course. I talked about this last week on the show when it was announced that Hal was going to LIV and that he's good buddies with Tiger Woods. Him and Tiger lived in the same town in Florida, played golf quite a bit together and became very close. And so, you know, Tiger's got sort of one ear to the ground and, and talking to guys like Charles about their decisions. And so do not be shocked that if in the next year or so you hear Tiger Woods joining LIV. But um, yeah, I like what uh, Charles was saying. I like the music bumping. I think LIV is doing a good job of trying to reach a much younger demographic for the game of golf. The PGA Tour demo is basically 35 and up, uh, and it might even be older. It might even be 40, 45 and up. And I think LIV is trying to eliminate some of the stuffy, old, snobby, rich guy vibe that can often come with events on the PGA Tour. One of the things I love seeing this past weekend was the opening party LIV had in New York City over the weekend. And again, I'll point out that LIV is in New York, New Jersey, while the PGA Tour was in Detroit this weekend, which precedes their events, the Barbersall Championship in Lucasville, Kentucky, and the 3M Open in Blaine, Minnesota. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, you see the problem that they're, that's going on right there. The LIV opening party had celebs and athletes hanging out. Saw some video of Donald Trump and his wife chilling out as well. It looked like Veld or the Electric Daisy Carnival Festival, which happens in Las Vegas. It was a vibe, man. It was like, it was it was bumping. I love seeing some of the video. A guy I know that's involved with some of the TV broadcasts was down there. He was also posting some video on his Instagram. As the kids would say, it was turned up. It was lively. And, you know, I, I it was fun, man. You've seen all the players smiling, having fun, the families there, really enjoying what was going on. We heard David Faraday last segment say he went to a party and some golf broke out, and that's basically what it was. I mean, the PGA Tour has the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, which is one of my favorite events of the year, but then the next week they'll go back to shushing everybody within a two-kilometer radius at whatever event they're at next week. So, I mean, I've been to PGA Tour events. You have to pause walking and talking for a few minutes every time a guy walks up to hit the ball. I'm going to break some news to you. Sitting in silence on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon when you've had four beers isn't fun. That's not a good time. Yeah, when I watch the LIV broadcast over the weekend, you can hear music bumping in the background on a couple different holes. It's just a more loose atmosphere. It's more fun. And the PGA Tour should be watching this and learning and willing to make some adjustments. One of the things that people have to learn is that beautiful women love a good party. They want to be at the coolest thing going. And I think what LIV is doing is a good precursor to get more women involved in golf and coming to the events. I saw Bob Herrick, I think it was Bob Herrick, tweet that over 25,000 fans attended the LIV event this weekend in New Jersey. That's good. It's not great. 
but I'm positive it will grow. I'm, there's one thing I know better than any other golf radio host you listen to is selling tickets and creating big events. Not only was I an agent for the biggest music agency in the country and concert promoters in Canada, but I was also the coordinator of special events for McDonald's restaurants in Canada as well for a year and a half. I had a 12-month contract, and then they renewed me. But uh, it was my job to set up 225 events in one year for McDonald's. So I know what I'm talking about when you see the trajectory that LIV is going. It's on the path to sell plenty of tickets. I also saw that not only did they have a big opening party, but they had a closing party with Wyclef Jean of the Fugees performing as well, which is pretty cool. So once the golf's done, they, all the players hang out, you know, the wives, the girlfriends, whatever, all the sponsors, they sit and have a big party together, which, you know, there was... When I went to the RBC Canadian Open, there was like a little uh, invite-only tiny shindig at St. George's. And it was like, you know, for the elite of the elite, not for everyone. I don't think even every player was invited to it. But, um, yeah, you can see what LIV is doing. It's pretty cool. I've actually produced concerts for Wyclef Jean myself. I brought him to Quebec City, the Festival d'Ete, or the Quebec City Summer Festival. Ottawa Blues Fest, I brought him. I got him in Club Dome in Montreal for... Anyone listening in Quebec knows the old Club Dome on St. Catherine Street. Love that place. Did a bunch of shows there. But uh, you have work with Wyclef. He's not cheap. Um, he's probably worth a couple hundred thousand bucks a night. And so LIV scratching more checks. But I guarantee LIV's on the path to sell 50,000 to 100,000 tickets per weekend over the next year or so. You can just see where it's going. So another big-time player finished second this weekend in New Jersey, collecting another check for $1.8 million USD was Dustin Johnson. He seems to be playing with a lot of confidence and swagger, and he says he's very happy about his decision to leave the PGA Tour. Um, I, I think it's been going great. Um, you know, from, from London even, you know, till now, it's, you know, it's, all the events have been kind of similar as far as the way they've run. I think they've done a great job. You know, they really do a good job of taking care of us and, and the caddies and all our staff. And I feel like the events have been unbelievable. And I think they, they're doing a really good job of running them. Another of the LIV defectors who finished in fifth place this past weekend was Patrick Reed. P. Reed looks to be in the best physical shape of his career. And he also seems to be in a better place mentally. And I think the results on the course are speaking for themselves. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I've always been comfortable no matter where I've played. But, uh, you know, to be out here and have the support that we have out here, not just with the players, but the whole staff and, and the courses we go to, the spectators we have, and, you know, just being a part of something new and being a part of something that, I feel like is is refreshing. I mean, let's be honest. To me, team golf is always amazing, always fun, and uh, you know, to be a part of a team that we have four Americans on our team, it, it's it's one of those things that you know, it's kind of like one of those mini team events. I can go out there and, and play for something other than just myself and playing for my teammates. And you know, I, I love being able to look up at that leaderboard and not just see you know my name, but also look for my guys, seeing all right, what do we need to do uh, to you know try to stay atop of that leaderboard and just gives you a little bit more edge and a little bit more fire to go out there and play. Now, one of the common themes we hear from LIV players is that their caddy and family members are being treated much better. Carlos Ortiz did an excellent job this weekend of explaining his point of view on that entire situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I didn't play London, but the last two tournaments, they've been unbelievable. The way we get treated, the, the way the caddies get treated, they, treat, they get treated like persons, you know, like normal people. They can come and eat with us and get in the locker room where, you know, in the other tour they couldn't. So I think those things are great. And I mean, the staff has been unbelievable. They do anything for you. I mean, the setups, uh, people are loving it. I think 
think it's fantastic what these guys are doing. I, 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 I'm, me as a player, I'm enjoying it, and I think fans are enjoying it too. Well, treating caddies like people, eh? An interesting concept. So at most PGA events, caddies are not even allowed in the same dining area. They have a separate space where they get to hang out. The RBC Canadian Open this week, players had one section. The caddy sort of hangout area was right next to the media section. And you could hear it was a party going on. The tunes were bumping, drinks flowing, everyone having a laugh after their round. Um, but the players not allowed in there. And, you know, it's a whole separate world. But on the LIV event, everything is kind of one and um Seems to make a little bit more sense. Keep in mind, PGA Tour players are responsible for paying for their caddies' travel, hotel, meals, etc., etc. Which begs the question, why hasn't Matt Kutcher already gone to LIV, seeing how they're paying their caddies, and perhaps he won't have to? hey <laughs> Anyways, I had to throw that in, but... Treating caddies like people, a novel idea that perhaps the PGA Tour could learn from. By the way, PGA Tour broadcasters are also responsible for booking their own travel and hotels, and they get reimbursed later, but it can be a bit of a hassle for some of the guys as well trying to do that. And it's like, you know, they get stuck in certain towns, you know, they've missed a flight, especially coming in out of Canada for the RBC Canadian Open and the gong show that Pearson Airport has become. But anyways, another recent defector to LIV is Englishman Paul Casey, who also plays a large amount of his golf on the DP World Tour. I, I think this is one of the smart moves that Greg Norman has done, where he's attracting guys from all over the world, not just the big-name American guys. We just heard from Carlos Ortiz, which is important because they need Spanish-speaking players to help grow the game in that segment of the world. And Paul Casey was brought in because getting key English guys and other European players is an important tactic to help grow their league and offset everything the PGA Tour is doing. Paul Casey spoke this weekend in New Jersey and used his opportunity to take a few subtle jabs at the DP World Tour and their commissioner, Keith Pelly. Yeah, I think that was something I, when I looked at the first couple of events, I saw a lot of the presser, pressers, and I saw guys being critiqued for, uh, you know, wanting to play uh, European tour events still. And they were critiqued, so like, hang on, taken to task because guys saying, well, you want to play less golf, but now you want to play more golf. Guys never said they didn't want to play um, European Tour. Uh, you know, as, as you know, I mean, I've always made a choice. Had to, I've, there's been a time when I've actually given up my European Tour membership because playing two tours was too difficult. Um, in this scenario, yeah, I think a lot of guys would love to play live and also retain their European Tour membership and, have, and then be part of the Ryder Cup if they, if they can. Um, that's a question that you've got to pose to Keith and... Uh, you know, and his team. Um, you know, what happened earlier this year, I mean, I, I wasn't a part of it, but, you know, fines being handed out for be, playing without a release. Um, I've played many a tournament without a release and was never fined. And suddenly the goalposts are changing. Um, so I th it seems as if the CEO kind of has discretion. Um, and so I think it's a very fluid situation, very murky, as you've just said. Um, I would love to still be part of the Ryder Cup, but if, if that is not an option, then that's not an option. So anyways, all of that really interesting stuff. Really enjoyed the weekend of LIV. Can't wait for the next one coming up. Um, speaking of that, I'm not here next weekend doing the show. I'm going to take my first break. It is summer. I'll play a best of this week in golf. Might replay my Armin Katayan interview. So for those who haven't checked that out, you definitely want to tune in regardless. But I've got to drive my son back up to Sault Ste. Marie. 
Uh, he's back at university because he plays on the soccer team. They do training camp, and you know they they start their season I think late August or right at Labor Day weekend, first weekend of September, and so they're back in town before all the regular students. So I'm not here next weekend. I'm in lovely Sault Ste. Marie and driving back and forth. Anyway, it's about seven and a half hours either way, but I won't have the chance to kind of watch golf and sit and talk about it. And then I won't be getting back till Sunday night, probably about, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. So I just won't have time to do the show. Anyways, coming up next, we'll go through Tony Finau's win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He went back to back on the PGA Tour, as well as Canadian Taylor Pendrith finishing second. This week in golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canuck Group of Golf courses want to play golf for free juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at lionhead and all the canna group of golf courses every day after 4 p.m go to canaftgolf.com for more info you're listening to this week in golf on saga 960 i'm your host chris mckee you're tuned in to this week in golf with your host chris mckee on saga 960 Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga960. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Appreciate you joining me once again. Remember, This Week in Golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canuck Group of Golf Courses. Want to play golf for free? Juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at Lionhead and all the Canuck Group of Golf Courses every day after 4 p.m. Go to canuckgolf.com for more info. So coming up in this segment, we'll go through Tony Finau's win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic down in Detroit, Michigan with Canadian Taylor Pendrith finishing second. But first, wanted to touch on a few other news and notes from the world of golf. Normally, we always have our segment, What's Brooke Henderson Up To? Well, Brooke's not up to anything this week. She took the week off after winning a major last week, won the Avion Championship. Go back and listen to our episode last week on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, wherever it is. Uh, had a pretty good segment chatting about Brooks' win. Did about 20 minutes on the intro, so you can go hear everything about Brooks' win. But good for her. Take a week off, chill out and relax. No need to get right back into the grind if you just want a major. Of course, Brooke also prepping for the CP Women's Opening happening in Ottawa up at Hunt Club in the end of August. I believe it's around what, August 24th. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but uh, I'm planning on making the journey up to Ottawa for at least one day. Also, this past week on the PGA Tour of Canada, Noah Goodwin wins the Ontario Open up at Woodington Lake. So congrats to Noah on a job well done. Also, congrats to Scotty Pritchard and everyone with the PGA Tour of Canada on amazing season. It's great to see what you guys are doing and uh, keep it up. Hopefully, this will continue to grow the game here in Canada. We also had LIV announce their schedule for next season for 2023, which is going to include 14 events and is expected to include stops in North and Latin America, Asia, Australia, the Middle East, and Europe. No official calendar of exact locations has yet to be revealed, but obviously based on what we're looking at right now, you got to think one of the Trump courses, he's obviously in bed with these guys. Um, Dubai is going to be in the mix and back in London again, and we'll see wherever else they're going to add. 
I'd love to see them do an event in Canada. I wonder if that's in the mix. I mean, not even in Toronto. Obviously, we got the RBC Canadian Open. But why not something maybe out in BC or one of those beautiful courses in Whistler or maybe, you know, Banff, Alberta, those courses in the mountain. That would be beautiful scenery. I know they try to stay away from it just because of the amenities. They don't have the hotels and all that kind of stuff. The travel guys getting in and out of there, usually a bit of a nightmare. So they try to keep it to the major cities. But hey, why not at least Vancouver? I'd love to see the LIV come up and do something up here. The PGA Tour also announced their new schedule for 2023, and the good news is the RBC Canadian Open will stay in early June, just before the U.S. Open. It's a great weekend for the RBC Canadian Open, uh, helps attract fans, you get big name players all coming in before the U.S. Open, so good to see that's not moving. Also had a strange announcement uh, about a week or so ago, so Sergio Garcia announced he is holding off on resigning from the DP Tour. So he announced he was done with the PGA DP Tour, and then he comes back this week and says, well, I'm not resigning. And this reminds me of that Seinfeld episode when George quits and then shows up to work on Monday pretending he was joking. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't really quit. So that's the Sergio move. But I think what this is, it's all more like legal wrangling. Um, basically, he's hoping, you know, well, you got to fire me. Maybe they got to pay him. There's a settlement because if he just walks away, I don't know if there's any sort of pension or any nonsense like that. But based on the money Sergio's got, I don't know if that's has any relevance. But yeah, Sergio is not resigning from the DP tour. He's going to try to keep his card there and we'll see how that plays out over the next few months. Anyways, this past week, Tony Finau won the Rocket Mortgage Classic down in Detroit. To mentioned earlier, it's his second win in as many weeks after winning the 3M Open last week. Since 1980, only two players have hit more greens in regulation in a 72-hole event on the PGA Tour. Tony hit 66 of 72 this past weekend at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So you got to go back to 1995, Peter Jacobson at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And also 1996, Willie Wood. I don't even know who Willie Wood is. I've heard of Peter Jacobson, but Willie Wood hit 67 of 72 greens. Tony is also one of five players in tour history to win by three strokes or more in back-to-back -back weeks. Justin Thomas did it in 2017. Tiger Woods in 2009. Lefty Phil Mickelson in 2005. And Davis Love the Third in 1992. I always love that third, but... Yeah, Tony was in a battle with Canadian Taylor Pendrith, who is a 31-year-old from Richmond Hill, Ontario. Taylor's won a couple events on the PGA Tour of Canada before making the jump to the Corn Ferry Tour and then to the PGA Tour. And he was sidelined with a rib injury for about 15 weeks, and he's now just getting it to form. So really encouraging stuff from Taylor, but... He was the leader of the Rocket Mortgage Classic on Thursday and Friday and explained what his injury situation was following his round on Friday. I think it was a stress fracture that happened from hitting balls. Um, I noticed it at the players and during the third round, just some pain in kind of my back. I didn't think it was a rib issue. Um, and uh, yeah, I took some time off after the players and it only got worse and then finally got some imaging done and it was a fractured rib. Is there any way you could have kept playing? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, my doctor in Canada, I spoke to him and he originally said 10 to 12 weeks, which I thought was a long time. Um, everything that I kind of read about it was like four to six weeks. Um, so I was hoping to be back sooner, but it ended up being 12 weeks until I hit a golf ball. Pendrith was also paired with Finau on Saturday and just spoke about that experience of playing alongside Tony. Yeah, it was cool. It was obviously he made a ton of birdies, and um, I finished the round with a lot of birdies. So it was it was fun. We were going back and forth, and um, 
you know, Tony bombs it off the tee and I hit it far as well, so it was fun to kind of similar games, I guess, and we attacked it very well. I think I heard you say it sounded like you got in a little bit of a funk in the middle of that round. How much did that birdie on 14 rolling that in from the fringe, I mean, seemed like it really sort of sparked the end of the round? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the start of the back nine is pretty tricky. I, I had a pretty good look on 10. 11's playing really hard. I was happy to get out of there with a 3, and uh, 12's a long hole as well with a tough pin today. So 13 just kind of hit a poor tee ball and, and maybe got a little bit of a bad break right behind the tree. And um, to get three in a row after that was a big momentum boost and um, obviously set myself up nicely for tomorrow with those three holes and then to get one on the last was great. So Finau and Pendrith were tied for the lead heading into Sunday and in spite of you know Pendrith playing some good golf there was just this inevitability of feeling Tony was more confident and was more poised heading into Sunday you can just hear it in his voice right here. Dating back to Sunday at the 3M that's 70 holes in a row I don't know if you ever count things like that have you ever had that long of a stretch without a bogey at any level of golf? Well I, I bogeyed the last hole on Sunday so uh, I don't think that counts. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 guess I guess if we're just skipping right over that, then <laughs> um, yeah, 54 clean, clean 54 holes is really nice. And you know, Taylor's playing some great golf. You know, and we've, um, I can't say pulled away from the guys. You know, this is the type of golf course where someone can shoot eight, nine, ten under. But if we put together a good round tomorrow, it might be a two-man race. And um, I'm looking forward to the challenge again. Tony Finau came in on Sunday and just destroyed the field with a five under par 67. Meanwhile, Pendrith only shot even par. What a yeah! What a wonderful couple of weeks it's been uh, to capitalize the way I did last week and today. You know, on a Sunday where it was pretty tight there, coming down the down the stretch, and I was able to pull away with some birdies. Um, you know, I, I think I said it earlier to Amanda on CBS. I just uh, you know I I won the golf tournament last week. For some reason, I left, and after bogeying the 18th hole, I had a, kind of a sour taste in my mouth. And I think it just gave me extra motivation to put myself there again this week and just prove to myself the type of champion that I am and make some birdies down the stretch when you really need them. Um, so that's all I tried to do. When I got to 14T, my goal was to birdie 14 and 17. And um, if I could do that, I knew I was going to win the golf tournament, and I was able to do that. And I was just proud of the way I finished. I thought that this week um, I was able to prove to myself the champion uh, that I feel like I am. Pendrith was obviously disappointed at his performance on Sunday, but he also came away with a silver lining. Yeah, it was tough. It was, uh, couldn't really get anything going and uh, didn't get off to the best start uh, like I did the last three days, but kind of hung in there, you know, middle of the round. I hit some really nice iron shots and uh, just couldn't get anything to fall. You know, I left a lot of putts short uh, and obviously those have no chance of going in. So um, that was tough. Just kind of lost my, my feel and speed of my putts. You know, all in all, obviously it's a it's a good week. It's my best finish ever, but um, it's fun to play in the final group. Tony played great, so hats off to him. And you move up to 62nd, I believe, in the FedEx Cup, which is great. If you just get some comments on that, and now as we progress toward the end of the season. Yeah, obviously it's great. You know, for me being out for 15 weeks and just kind of watching my numbers slide, uh, the last three weeks I've played have been have been very solid and. Um, yeah, you know, there's a couple weeks left here for, you know, a late season push. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, I'm playing well and I feel like I have a lot of confidence in my game still after even after today's round. But um, so I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. So again, I've said this in the past. I'm not one of those guys who thinks this was a great performance by a Canadian finishing second. It's not good enough to quote the great Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. 
I'm sick and tired of great performances by Canadians or quote-unquote great performances. It's time we got some winning performances and stop applauding lack of success. No Canadian has won on the PGA Tour since 2018. And well, at least this is the closest we've come in a few years. Well, then Pendrith comes out on Sunday and shoots even par. It's not good enough. Americans don't applaud second place. Neither do the British. You don't see a headline on a British newspaper. Oh, it's really great that Justin Rose finished second. Good for him. It's great for British golf. No, they don't do that. Oh, Paul Casey finished third at this event. It's great for British golf. No, it's not. He didn't win. Right? You don't hear that from the Americans. Oh, Justin Thomas finished 18th. It's great for American golf. It's not. So let's stop doing that with Canadians. And let's start demanding these guys win. Let's hold them to a higher standard. Well, I shouldn't say I demand. I expect Canadians to win. I'm tired of this. Or Oh, Corey Connor is another great finish. He finished seventh. Great. We'll try winning again. You haven't won since 2018. I don't applaud it. And, I, you know, this. There was. I, I knew all weekend. I said it last week on the show. Anytime you see a Canadian in the lead, you know he's going to fall apart on Sunday. And Pendrith did just that. It's cool that he finds a silver lining out of it. Now, he is lining his pockets. I think he's made about one6 1.7 million on tour this year, which is good for him. I do applaud that, but you choked on Sunday. You shot even par. You know that's not going to get it done, and it, and it wasn't. Tony Finau came out confident, destroyed the field, played some really good golf, and now he's a back-to-back -back winner. And eight years from now, we'll never remember that Taylor Pandreth finished second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. Anyway, remember, I'm not here next week. I'm taking my son back to university. I'm going to be playing one of the best of, hopefully I'll play my Armin Katan video. We'll see what Praveen, our general manager here at Saga 960 does. Hopefully he loads that up for me. But uh, yeah, enjoy your week. I'll be back the following week as we head into the FedEx Cup playoffs and wrapping up the PGA Tour season. Remember, this week in golf is brought to you by Lionhead Golf Club, a member of the Canuck Group of Golf Courses. Want to play golf for free? Juniors play for free with an accompanying adult at Lionhead and all the Canuck Group of Golf Courses every day after 4 p.m. Go to canfgolf.com for more info. I'm Chris McKee. Thanks for listening to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. <laughs> You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee on Saga 960. I was left to my own devices. Many days fell away with nothing to show. And the walls kept tumbling down in the city that we love. Great clouds all over. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.